0: Get help with expenses that health insurance does not cover. Visit Affleck.com to learn more.
1: When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like,
0: Chef, what course are we on? Uh, I've lost count.
1: Or, shoot that,
2: shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so...
1: Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
2: As you
1: Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
2: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Oh, just got official word. Who's going to join us tomorrow on the show? Let me see how I could give you a hint here. I'm really excited because... I want somebody who's gonna tell stories and we're going to have fun with a certain sport.
3: Now if I said baseball. Harry Carey. No, but he oh. he's dead. Oh yeah. I, I thought it was like a, an ideal.
0: Oh no, no, no. The this guy's oh, joining, he's actually us. joining us. Yeah, he is joining us. No. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard about
4: this guest. Yeah, thought, Harry
0: died. I thought it was just a fictitious. Yeah. yeah.
3: Not to me, he didn't. Okay.
0: Um Bob Eucher. Brewers play-by-play voice for the last 50 years. Mr. Baseball himself, Bob Uecker, will join us on the program tomorrow. So excited about that. Uh, just saw where Vince Carter made it official. He is retiring. Wow. What is he, 43, 43? 42, 43? One of three players ever to lead the league in all-star voting. Uh, For three straight seasons, Michael Jordan, Julius Irving, and Vince Carter. So he went 2000, 2001, 2002, 2004, leading the league in all-star votes. And he had a transformation with his game. He was one of the great leapers of all time. And then he became one of the great three-point shooters in NBA history. But Vince Carter, how many seasons did he play? Got to like 22 seasons, 21?
3: Got, yeah, 21 seasons. Wow.
5: Yeah, see. I think he, I just saw a thing where he's actually played in the NBA more years than he hasn't in his whole life. So like he's <laughs> like spent like 22
0: years in the NBA and 21 years not in the NBA. <laughs> I wanted him in the slam dunk contest. I, I, I really did. At that age, to be in the slam dunk contest. And I don't want to see too many 40 year olds in a slam dunk contest, but Vince Carter, absolutely. And he's old enough to be uh, Trey Young's dad when you think about it. He's not his dad, but he's old enough to be his dad. All right, 877 3DP show. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle with dp show. A few months ago, the idea of sports without fans seemed pretty radical, right? We were slowly getting used to it during the pandemic, but we've seen European soccer, the premiership, uh, UFC, Korean baseball, golf started without galleries. NASCAR's had limited fans. NBA and NHL won't have a live audience. Baseball, it's probably going to be a team-by-team basis. The NFL is going to have fans, I guess. They just made a deal yesterday to sell advertising on the uh, first few rows of empty stands. And that brings us to college football. I was kind of surprised yesterday when I saw the Tennessee athletic director Philip Fulmer said he plans for the Volunteers to play in front of a full stadium. Not every college is being this aggressive, but you get the idea. Programs expect significant attendance, and you could argue no sport relies more on having fans than college football. And when we first, dealt, you know, started to uh, dive into the pandemic and we were looking at football, I said, you're going to have tailgating. And I don't know how this is policed because fans, if if they can't get in, want to get as close as they can to get in and still have the tailgating experience. It's hard to imagine 100,000 fans at a Tennessee game or anywhere else for that matter. Uh, Gene Smith, the Ohio State Athletic Director, talked about, First, it was 20,000 fans. Now, maybe they're going to push it to 40 or 50,000 fans here. I wouldn't be more aggressive. I'd be less aggressive if I were any of these leagues now. Yeah, Paul.
3: I don't think this is an accident that Tennessee football announces, specifically Tennessee. Not because of who they are, because of how the past 10 years and how tough it's been. They've had a lot of recruiting wins over the past year. If you notice... Tennessee football isn't back, back, but there, there's hope again. There's a lot of good recruits coming in, and I think they're trying to catch the wave of getting that fan base back and engaged. That's been, you know, they've always had a great fan base, but they've had mixed results in a whole lot of coaches the past decade. I think they're riding the wave, and and this, this is not an accident that's Tennessee announcing this.
0: Well, let me see what happens in the state because Philip Fulmer may, you know. Pie in the sky, we'd love to have 100,000. I don't know of an athletic director who wouldn't want to have 100,000 fans in a stadium. Are you able to do it? But yeah, Tennessee certainly wants to showcase all of those recruits they're bringing in. Yes, Todd.
6: When does optimism and being rah-rah as an athletic director or anyone that's a head of state for a sport become insensitive or just being totally unrealistic where you would make a statement like that? When I first saw it, I'm like, really?
7: We're talking about maybe no fans or maybe spacing out fans, and you're saying packed house. It just I don't know. I was taken aback by that a little bit.
0: It's going to be state by state, school by school, it feels like. And look, college football doesn't have a commissioner. I mean, they have a president, but he doesn't have any power over them. It's going to be the governors who are going to be deciding this. Uh, athletic directors, presidents, chancellors. And it feels like it'll be school by school of who's coming back, how many fans you can have in the stands. But I would be surprised. I would take the under. If the over-under is 99,000 fans, I'm going to go under with the Tennessee Volunteers. you're going to win that bet? <laughs> I'm going to go under. A couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Luke in Alabama's back. Hi, Luke. What do you have for me today?
7: Hey, Dan. Appreciate you taking
0: call. I just wondered, you know, not if, but when, you know, when the 2020 Emmy. Will McLovin try to throw an asterisk next to it? Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't hear Luke uh, clearly there, but thank you, Luke. He, Is,
3: he said, will there be an asterisk next to our Emmy if we win it this year because of the situation?
0: No, because we would win it and it would be based off last year. If we win it next year, so if we're doing so, 2020 would be, uh, I'll gladly take the asterisk if there is one. Yeah, see. yeah,
6: why would we get an asterisk?
0: It's not like we had a shortened season or something. Everybody else was dealing with the same issues here. So, yes, McLevin.
6: I do have an entire nation is killing me on Twitter right now for my Raptors take last hour. What was your Raptors take? That they get an asterisk for beating the depleted Warriors.
0: Yeah, I don't know why you...
6: Why do you do that? I think most NBA fans are kind of with me. I hear that all over the place. What? That's why Rachel was so fired up about it, obviously, because there's strong opposition to that take. That She wouldn't say it if most people didn't think it. <laughs> but if but, most people think it, then why are you getting killed on Twitter? These Canadians are really mean people, as we no, all know. No, they're not.
0: They're great people.
6: <laughs> no, they're t- I'm getting killed by the Toronto fan base. And You like, should! But I'm not getting killed by any other fan base. Everyone else is like, yeah, you're probably right.
0: Well, everybody is territorial, but the Raptors earned that. Stop. You're bitter because they beat the 76ers, yes. okay? So at least be honest with that. Be transparent, as we like to say.
6: Yeah, I really don't like that team because they were so confounding last
0: year. I don't know why. The only reason why, the only problem I have with the Raptors is Fred Van Vliet. It should be Fred Van Vliet. Yes, easier for us. Yeah, and you know, Fred's—you know—should think about us and change his last name because Fred Van Fleet is just—you know—he's Fleet, he's Fleet of foot. Fred Van Fleet would be a whole lot easier for us. Very selfish. That's the only problem I got with the Raptors. Yes, McLeod.
6: It's funny. I was actually telling Paul the other day that that's the guy that scares
0: me on the Raptors. Fred Van Siakam. Vliet? Yeah,
6: like why he's unstoppable in the fourth quarter.
0: Only against Philadelphia. He's. Yeah. No, I know. He's, he, no, I he's a good so. player. You're he's right. He's really though, a the good Van player.
3: Vliet thing is, Van Vliet. Yes. Volley. He's one of those guys, though, you only discuss during the playoffs yes. with the NBA. <laughs> Van Vliet. You're like, Oh, where was he all season? Was he hurt? He's in here. No, no you just weren't paying attention well, to the Raptors. They won 68 games or whatever. Yeah. You wouldn't be
0: tuning in to go, uh, Hey, what time's the Raptors game? I want to, I want to watch Fred Van Vliet. Yes. Maybe.
6: Is that like Sam Cassell and Mario Eli? Eli-, Eli- yeah. Yeah. Those guys, you didn't hear about them all regular season. Then they're hitting big shots.
0: Sam Cassell, a little bit. Mario Ellie always in the postseason.
3: Boris Diao was a big guy you never yes, talked about during the yeah. regular
0: season. Oh, man. He's the X Factor for the Spurs. <laughs> the, he, Boris Diao, the X Factor for the Suns. We'll go all day on this. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of uh, LeVar Ball, but, you know, sometimes I like to give him a little airtime. And uh, you got uh, Lon- Lonzo and LaMelo's dad. And uh, LiAngelo, don't forget about him, but he was on the Say Less podcast and he was talking about his talented son, LaMelo, and could be the number one pick on the draft. Here is LeVar Ball on that possibility.
2: That's the part I don't like about the Golden State. They got, you know, Clay and and the other guys. And now you want to put Melo in that mix to say you got to follow these guys. Melo ain't no follower. It's just like, man, he don't need to do what they do. Let them do their thing. There's a reason. You looking at my son, he's talented and can play the game. It ain't that hard. Dude, open, pass it to him. You open and you've been working on your shot, shoot the ball. The fast pace is good, but don't be like, Melo got to wait his turn and wait two or three years to go by and talk about he got to learn from the veterans. Ain't about that. Can he play or not?
0: So now he's dictating where he wants his son to go play so he can go in and establish himself right away because he doesn't want to go in there and be second, third, fourth fiddle to all the players uh, on Golden State. He's a talented player. Might be the best player out of the family. Alonzo is developing into a a very good all-around player. Lamelo has a higher ceiling, it feels like, because first of all, he can shoot a little better. But uh, he's got size, athleticism, and uh, let him go to the Knicks. How how would uh, how would Lavar uh, feel about that? Doctor James Naismith, Lavar Ball, feel about his son going to the New York Knicks? Because then he could go in, and he, that could be his team. <laughs> go ahead. So that's on the Say Less podcast. Uh, Mike in Washington. Hey, Mike, what do you have for me?
7: Hey, bud. Hey. Yep. Uh, deceptively fast, 6'2", hard, 185. Hard. Hey, well, I wanted to say kind of what Michael from uh, Florida was talking about. Uh, I think you guys do deserve it every year, and I work in the late afternoon, so I, I have the opportunity of getting to watch you guys every day. And the way you guys do the show, it almost makes me feel like I'm I'm right there with you. So I appreciate every single one of you guys and the
2: guys behind the scenes doing all the Thank job. Thank you, Mike.
7: Thank you. Um, so I wanted to say uh, what you kind of... Two things. Uh, what do you thought about uh I know they got some work to do once it gets started, but uh how you think the Portland Trailblazers are gonna are gonna rock when uh, when they get in if they have a chance to knock some teams off. And uh also if you, I don't know if you said it earlier on the show or not, but I was wondering who won between Seaton and everybody yesterday and if
0: there's a balloon launcher on the way. Thank you. They had a friendly yesterday. They played golf and had a friendly. I don't know that anybody won. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I I I saw it firsthand. Yeah. Last yeah. time, no one won that. They uh it was just Aereo lost that. But yeah, they had a they had a friendly yesterday. Uh I saw this article. Uh David Sampson. He used to be a baseball executive McLovin. Yeah, he and he's now with CBS And he's got a podcast called Nothing Personal with David Sampson. And he's got a lot of opinions. And uh, he Talked about the Lakers being able to work out privately. And uh, you have a billionaire who has a court that is actually, it, it is, it's the Staples Center, uh, basically, uh, the floor itself. And uh, they go there and work out. Uh, David Sampson talks about the severity of this, saying it's a violation of the NBA rules that you're not allowed to work out you know, with your team during the uh, coronavirus pandemic. Sampson emphasizes the severity of this. If it turns out to be true, he defends his take by explaining the importance of an even playing field. He says the following. If you're the NBA, you've got to look into this. To me, this is as serious as PEDs. This is as serious as sign stealing by the Astros and the Red Sox and the Yankees and every other team. Now, before you take this as a bad take, let me explain why it's not. The whole point of PEDs and sign stealing and why it's an issue is that what leagues try to do is make sure there's a level playing field where the biggest differentiating factor is the talent of the athletes and the talent of the front office. So what David is saying is, if the Lakers got together for a couple of practices, that somehow equates to the Astros stealing signs for an entire year or more, and winning a title. And also, if you use PEDs, that that is somehow equivalent to the Lakers with a secret practice where they got together. I think that's a little bit of a stretch there by David. But his job was to get my attention. And, uh, and he did. So I, I, I'm sure that it's a violation of rules with what the Lakers are doing. I don't know if other teams are doing it. You know why it's a big deal? Because LeBron is the one doing it. If the Blazers were doing this, would David Sampson have written an article or said this on his podcast? And the answer is no. It just comes down to LeBron. Oh, my God. LeBron's getting, he's getting an advantage. That's just like Barry Bonds using steroids. It's 73 home runs for the Astros to win a World Series time. No, it's not. And I'm guessing there are other teams who are working out privately. (laughs) Just guessing. (laughs) And you know what? You better be.
3: Yeah, Paul. You you know, the NFL and the NBA both have rules about private workouts and trying not to do any until it's official. Do you think, guys, and I'm I'm being rhetorical almost here, that like Brady and LeBron know, what are they going to do? They're not going to suspend me. They won't. They can't suspend me. I bring in the dough. LeBron knows he could have 10 private workouts and the NBA can publicly address it or call him publicly, but personally, but he's not going to stop him because they're not going to suspend him. What are
0: they going to do? Find the organization a million dollars? Super. Yeah. And and Brady knows that he doesn't have time on his side and he's going to take the hit. Uh, You may not like it. The leagues may not like it. You may not like the look of it, but these players know that they're measured by championships and they had this opportunity. LeBron working out? Uh okay. Privately? Okay. Brady's not even doing it privately. You got you know, mm-hmm. helicopters going over watching where he's working out. So, I if if this wasn't LeBron or Tom Brady, then it wouldn't be an issue. Yes, McLovin.
6: Bucks had some positive tests too. So they're getting a lot of It is a little bit it does feel like Brady, does it feel like he's flaunting the rules a little bit? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Which, I mean, I, I assume he'd prefer this was private. I don't think he likes helicopters above yet. No.
0: Obviously. Uh, no. I mean, you had media hanging out in, you know, the bushes and trees when he first showed up. Uh, no, it's, no. It. I, I understand why there'd be concern here. But if if, then do something about it. If the NFL has a problem, then do something. If the NBA has a problem, then do something. But you're going to have to do it to everybody else. You can't pick and choose and say, the Lakers are getting an unfair advantage. Because I don't think just the Lakers are working out together. It's just we care more about the Lakers. And that's the big reason why this is a topic. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, he is the caddy for Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson just pulled out of uh, the Greater Hartford Open. And uh, well. I, I, I'm going to talk to Paul Tesori because he's caddied for a long time. He was VJ Singh's caddy. I just want to know what the guidelines are, the new rules are, and how concerned is he you know, that the PJ Tour could uh, get shut down here? So he'll join us coming up. We'll take a break. More phone calls as well here. Bob Euchre will join us coming up tomorrow at this time. It'll be fun just to talk baseball and have some stories and have some fun. 19 after the hour, this is The Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to The Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for The Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
4: Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long.
0: Affleck has the assist for you. Get help with expenses health insurance doesn't cover. Visit affleck.com to learn more. Got some quick math for you. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, and delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money you keep, right? That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, borrowing, everything else costs more. So let's reduce that. Playing baseball, going to baseball games, playing softball, and I just brought back that taste when you're there at a spring training game and you get to have a Miller Light. It's a warm afternoon, Scottsdale, Arizona.
3: Beer here. Paula used to be a beer vendor. I was a beer vendor at Scottsdale Stadium, and I slung Miller Light. So I was just throwing them out. There. Okay, not literally. Okay, but just that
0: cold, refreshing taste. The crack. Yes. Not the crack of the bat.
3: Which is better? Crack of the bat's crack of the beer
0: can? Oh, well, I'd crack of the beer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Miller Lite. It tastes like beer. How about that? That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And you should, too. They've been doing this since 1975. The original light beer. Everybody else is just trying to imitate them. Less filling, only 96 calories. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. Miller Lite. Get it delivered to your door. Visit MillerLite.com Patrick. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. More phone calls coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Talked about a lot of things today. Uh, we saw yesterday PGA Tour taking some action. Uh, what's happened in uh, the Greater Hartford Open, where you've had some players and caddies who have... Uh, left the tournament, and that includes Webb Simpson and his caddy is uh, Paul Tesori, who joins us now on the program. Paul, thanks for joining us. So what happened? How long were you in Hartford and when did you realize that uh, your week was going to end a little sooner than you expected?
2: Yeah, Dan, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so flew up Monday afternoon. Uh, we were fortunate enough to win uh, last week on the PGA Tour in Hilton Head and uh, came home for half a day and flew up and Tuesday was a very, very normal day. Uh, As the day progressed, you're starting to hear some rumblings of some tests that had maybe come back not the way we had hoped. And the first one we had heard was Cameron Champ, a young 26-year-old on tour bomber, uh, who had tested positive. Um, And so he was out of the tournament. And then as as the day kind of progressed, we're standing on the putting green, and we – had heard some other rumors about that there, there was another positive test. And as we're sitting there, Webb gets a phone call and finds out someone in his family had tested positive for COVID-19. And so, you know, there we are on the putting green. Obviously, we got a lot of people around. Immediately, we start going into a different mode as far as Weber and I trying to decide, okay, what do I need to do instantly right now To while we decide? So we, we left the putting green. We went and contacted the PGA Tour and started to have discussions with them. What's the protocol at this point going forward? Obviously Webb had been exposed because he's been with his daughter during this, this significant amount of time. Um, and it's impossible to know. Webb took a test Tuesday and Wednesday morning, negative on both of them, but he just felt like to, to protect the tournament and to make sure more than anything, Webb's fifth in the world right now, is leading the FedEx cup. And the last thing you want, I think is kind of one of those names taking, even though it's a small chance, taking a chance of uh, infecting anybody else. So he made the decision to withdraw. When did you get tested? So we test F uh, starting this week. Well, we're we're tested every day when you come in. So I was tested Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning. Uh, Me personally, same with Weber, Tuesday and Wednesday. Generally all you are is when you come in and you register If that's on a, a Sunday, Monday or Tuesday, you're tested. And then you're only tested again when you're leaving the golf tournament to go on the charter, which would be a Saturday. Um, I know Commissioner Monahan yesterday talked about we're going to change that a little bit. We're going to up it up at least one more test per week just to make sure that we keep everybody safe.
0: How is your job different with these new rules?
2: <laughs> There's a lot of things that are different. Uh, the older we get, we're all creatures of habit, and so so many things are just very natural to you. Whether it's the the handshake in golf is you know really famous. We see it in basketball and other sports as well. But the handshake that's obviously gone. But you know the tour doesn't want us even fist bumping. Just no contact if you can. And so I think that's the number one. As far as caddy player, it's tough uh we try to stay six feet apart by keeping the golf bag in between us but i read greens with web so there's several occasions where i'm going to be inside that six foot zone not for long periods of time probably between five and ten seconds but you know uh, as far as that's concerned he's been tested i've been tested we're clean and we're not going outside that bubble at all during the week and i think that's the big part that the tour is really battling right now is we meaning Caddies and players, we have to do our job. And it's getting better each week. The first week was not very good, and we got some pretty stern warnings from the tour. Guys, we have to do this well. We got the world watching us, but also we don't want to shut down the second week. But now, guys are starting to look scared. We've had four positive tests, and and we've done 2,800 tests. So, four is still a very, very low number. But Guys are seeing the ramifications now of what's happening. Number four-ranked player in the world, Brick Tevka, has to go home. Fifth-ranked player in the world, Webb Simpson, has to go home. And, you know, that might just be the start of something to scare the guys enough to make sure they stay safe.
0: He's Webb Simpson's caddy, Paul Tessori, who joins us on the program. Could players carry their own bags at some point here? So
2: I'm going to say no. I'm going to make fun of the players first, as I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, definitely golf is a little cooler than it used to be. At one point, we've got some pretty, pretty talented athletes playing golf now. Like, this is the Tiger generation that we see. You got these kids coming out six three, six four, big broad shoulders. So the answer is they could um the answer from this guy staring at my nice <laughs> lake here in the backyard that i have is i hope not because webb's great play dj's great play uh has paid for a lot of the stuff that i'm sitting at right now so <laughs> i hope not i don't think it will come to that again i always to say if if we do our job obviously if commissioner monahan's sitting back and he's looking at week after week after week if he's watching players and caddies a foot from each other, then he may be rushed to a decision that, they, you know, I have to stop that for a little while. But the players would not do a great job and they would have nobody to blame. You know, if they hit a bad shot, the first thing would <laughs> do be like, Are you, oh, there's nobody there. There's nobody there to blame. So, I always love uh, when they miss a putt, they always look at the caddy. It's the same look every time it's this one. um, but i I do not think we will see that and I, i i gotta be honest with you dan i hope it doesn't come to that
0: i was also wondering about now's the time to play against tiger woods because guys talk about the galleries that surround tiger and it it's just something you can't prepare for like, there's no gallery. How weird is it that there's there's no response, no reaction, no nothing? Silent. It's,
2: complete, it's completely strange. At Hilton Head, I watched uh, the number one player in the world, Rory McIlroy, make a 35-footer on his last hole of the day. And nothing. <laughs> not a clap from anybody. Not <laughs> one clap from media, obviously, or anybody else around. And that was strange. And then coming down the stretch on Sunday at Hilton Head, I think one thing you saw is – For the first time in my life, I've never seen so many different players make so many birdies down the stretch. There was seven to nine guys that were just pouring in putts from everywhere, hitting it close. And... I do think the fans have a little bit to do with it. I talked to Webb. Webb said he he felt the same. Um, While I understand him meaning that, I I do think there's a difference. If you're coming down the last three holes with 50,000 people yelling and screaming versus no one, there has to be a little bit less of a physical response to that. And I think we saw that by the caliber of play down the stretch last week.
0: What's your favorite Tiger Woods story?
2: Oh, I got a bunch of them. Um, you know, I'm the Tiger who guy that wore the stupid hat. And so he had a field day with me. <laughs> Wait, explain that. explain that. <laughs> yes. OK. okay. So back in two, back in 2000, <laughs> I'm working my third event as a caddy. I'm working for VJ Singh. And VJ was the only guy that um, held back Tiger from winning the Grand Slam that year. VJ had won the Masters. Tiger won the next three. Played in the President's Cup. We've played against Tiger every match. Um, the United States team is blowing out the international team. I was with Veej on the international team. And so we get paired with Tiger in the last day. Ball guys have some hats that say Tiger who? I think it's hilarious. VJ thinks it's hilarious. We wear it. We're on the fourth hole and VJ has to two putt from nine feet. And there's crickets. You hear nothing. And you look over there on the side and Tiger's standing like this with his arms crossed and a scowl on his face. So, BJ puts it down to it's hanging over the hole. I'm not embellishing the hanging over the hole. If we sit there long enough, it would have gone in. We hear crickets again. We look back over, and he's still got his arms crossed in the scowl. And Tiger loves the story now, so we're definitely not ruining any kind of inside <laughs> scoop. And BJ looked at me and goes, I don't think he likes the hat. Um, so, as we tap it in from a millimeter away for par to win the hole to go two up, Tiger had not played well that week. Notably, Gay had covered him all week. And on the next hole, Tiger turned a little more, hit about a 305-yard, one-yard draw, seven under on his last 13. (laughs) And And so my favorite part of the story is that Tiger and I had never really talked about it. Um, I ended up working for Sean O'Hare, played a lot of practice rounds with him, but I was working for Weber, in 2011, and Tiger was walking by, and I just turned to Weber. I was like, you know, it's weird. I, I still feel like there's just that little something there with him and I, and I wish there wasn't. It was meant as a joke, not disrespect. And he walked by. I said, what's up, Tiger? Who He said, what's up, 2-1? <laughs> 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 he walked about another 20 yards. He turned around with that big grin that we've gotten used to seeing, and he laughed. But you have to think about that. He probably thought of 2-1 and one every time he saw me because there was no time lapse between when I said – What's up, Tiger? Who and two and one, and then this year at the President's Cup for picture day, he had everybody wear Paul Who on the back <laughs> and, and two and one to uh, to pay me back. So. Uh, That's probably my favorite. I have got a ton of them. He has, uh, he's both helped me build nice houses and places to live, and he's also taken a lot out of my pocket (laughs) at the same time. So uh, he's, uh, I'm I'm glad that we all, as fans, get to see the new Tiger Woods. You know, I think we're seeing the Tiger Woods after obviously golf humbled him a little bit, but also with kids now. Kids change all of us. So it's great to see how joyful he is now on the golf course. Most
0: famous person you've either caddied for or played golf with?
2: So definitely, President Clinton, when he was in office, um, he gave the Milosevic indictment trial from the front gate at White Oak Plantation, and we played with him five straight days. Um, it was some of the best times I had had in my entire life. Uh, you could give him crap, and he loved it. He loved the more junk you talked to him, the better he liked it. So that would be it. And then next would probably be playing with Michael Jordan. I was able, uh, fortunate enough, to play nine holes with him and. And just uh, ask a lot of stories. And he took a little money from me at the end of it. And that was the set of that.
0: Well, it feels like you have to give him money to get the story. <laughs> right? Because that might be Yeah. It. You, that might be Yeah. A, yeah. Paul, you paid for those stories. <laughs> uh, just, so, just so you know. Hey, before I let you go, um, I know that you have the uh, Tesori Family Foundation. And it's uh, certainly important and close to your heart. And I uh, wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about that.
2: Yeah, thank you. I'll just keep it brief. But yeah, our foundation, we started in 2010. Uh, we've uh, been able to give back a little over one and a half million to the local communities and a little bit throughout the country as well. Uh, we put on these all-star kids clinics for kids with special needs, uh, 25 kids, one-on-one instruction. So check us out to org, And any way you can help us, we welcome it.
0: Thanks for joining us on short notice. And uh, our best to Webb, who... Uh... You know, once he figured out putting again, he's uh, <laughs> amazing. Yes. And uh, congrats really on is. the win at, uh, at Hilton Head.
2: Dan, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Everybody stay safe.
0: That's uh, Paul Tessori, He's uh, Webb Simpsons catting. All right, uh, we'll get some phone calls in here. Uh, Fritzy, good job in tracking down Paul. He was very good. Uh, love those stories. And these guys are always careful when they tell a story about Tiger. It's like when you tell a story about Michael Jordan, because they hear it and they don't forget. They never forget. If you have something, or you you know you got one up on them, these guys are always. The players are still nervous telling stories about Michael Jordan, and players aren't going to say anything about Tiger or make fun of Tiger because Tiger's still playing at a very high level. But that's probably you say it privately. You're not going to say too many of those publicly. Uh, let me see, Jason in Nebraska. Hi, Jason. What do you have for me today?
7: Hey, Danny and the Danettes. Hey, Real quick, Danny, just want to tell you an excellent interview with uh, Wallace yesterday, or Bubba Wallace. Um, and the reason I'm calling is to uh, um, let you know that I was able to finally finish uh, Breaking Bad. And now that I've watched Ozark and Breaking Bad, uh, I've got a message from man: If you're going to start an empire, you probably don't want to get married or have kids. Um, you know, it wasn't the cartel that I was scared of. It was, it was the women in both those series. It's crazy. Uh, and real quick, if I could just add... Um, there was two scenes that were awesome in Breaking Bad. Uh, the first one is where Walt, he uh, takes a, uh, goes to the bathroom in his uh, kitchen. I thought that was great. And uh, the second one was where it was an interesting thing where he uh, he's uh, lowering his barrel of cash up to the uh, Native American. And he, uh, he asked him, can I buy the truck? And the Native American says, it's not for sale. Just thought that was great. All right. Thanks well, thank you, company.
0: Jason. I'm glad you enjoyed uh, Breaking Bad. I'm assuming there's another season of Better Call Saul because I'm looking forward to watching Breaking Bad again after watching Better Call Saul. And if you get an opportunity, I never thought I would say that, that Better Call Saul is inching closer to Breaking Bad level.
3: You seem like you're about to say something there.
0: No, no, not yet. But Bob Odenkirk is... Yeah, you know, it, it's just they're the great characters because you're seeing these characters before they go into Breaking Bad and you get the backstory on them. Jeff in Detroit is back. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? What
7: up, though? What down up, Joe? Listen, um, just wanted to comment real quick about Martha passing off the Lions uh, organization to her, do- her uh, daughter, Sheila. My question to you is this. Imagine being Steve waking up and your wife now owns a team. Do you have your office already in there? Do you uh, channel your inner Peter King and Mike Florio and just, you know,
0: put draft profiles on a pillow? (laughs) No, no, see, (laughs) see, that's the problem. Thank you, Jeff. It's the people who aren't knowledgeable and then they get power and then they then they get involved in the process there. That's where it gets dangerous owners and their families and then all of a sudden you're going to take over and therefore well you've got to be as knowledgeable as your dad and that's not usually the case uh bob in california hi bob what do you have for me today
7: good morning dan Out uh, here in clovis california dan you've been to knoxville numerous times when the university of tennessee plays there in neyland stadium they they start partying on Wednesday, bringing in probably thirty thirty five thousand 35,000 people just to come in and tailgate. Where are they going to put those people plus the 111,000 people that go to Neyland Stadium? And, you know, like you probably have flown in and out of uh, Knoxville Airport. That place is a zoo. So where are we going to put all the people?
0: I have no idea. I have no idea, Bob. And, you know, sometimes you feel like you're just, you know, shouting into a, a canyon because just just logically speaking when you start to look at these scenarios you go how are you going to be able to pull that off because I'm sure people in Knoxville are going yeah our AD says Philip Fulmer we're going to have 100,000 people okay I mean good luck with it if you get it I'm going to take the under Joe in Oregon joins us hi Joe what do you have for me today
7: hey Dan uh Hey, here at Wiggy Creek Golf Course, uh, just setting the course up this morning. Nice. Hey, I think think the Lakers are not practicing at that billionaire's house. I think they found out that a couple players tested positive, and they're all quarantining together, drinking off the same
3: cups, eating off the same plates, and using (laughs) one bathroom. Get everyone immune to the virus so that when they start playing, there's no worry of, of
7: any new infections.
0: I I know that you're sort of kidding, Joe, but there's part of you that's not, and I'm right there with you. Thank you for the phone call. Yeah, I wondered about that. You know, when you see these guys who are testing positive now, I is how strange is it to look at this and reason? Is it more of an advantage if your players are testing positive now? Right? I mean, you, you're not hoping for it, but there's a benefit to this. You know, you're hoping everybody's asymptomatic or nobody gets seriously ill with this. But if your starting five is already tested through this, got the antibodies or whatever it might be, it's an advantage. Take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. We'll close up shop after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show.
4: Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long.
0: Affleck has the assist for you. Get help with expenses health insurance doesn't cover. Visit Affleck.com to learn more. You know what I did last summer? I went to Italy, and it was awesome. And you know
5: what I did before that that was even more awesomer? was an absolute stud. He looked like his abs had been chiseled from the god Jupiter's own stomach. He was just an absolute piece of art. And you know what? If my wife had left me that day, uh I would have been okay with it. Babe, you know what? You deserve happiness like that. Uh so fellas just a heads up, uh check your captains. Uh anyway, I digress. Viator is a website and an app where you can book travel experiences uh like the ones I just described. Uh, They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. There's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation and payment options and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use the code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking on the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences, you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
0: Panini America is breaking new ground with exclusive NIL deals featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. They had Washington's Michael Penix Jr., How about J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback at Michigan, rising star, Arch Manning at Texas? If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net. New features coming out all the time. Brand new license with WWE that's now there at the Panini site. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Make sure you check out Everything for the most popular trading cards with brands like Prism, Donruss, and more at PaniniAmerica.net or the Panini Direct app. Plus, discover Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest moments of the week. Visit PaniniAmerica.net today. The official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Show flew by. Chris Sims was good first hour with his top 40 quarterbacks, Rachel Nichols. ESPN's The Jump was good. Paul Tesori, the caddy from Webb Simpson. He was good as well. A lot of fun. Bob Eucher will join us on the program tomorrow. Mr. Baseball. We talk, well, uh, just baseball stories. Something fun to talk about instead of everything else. It's I, I'm like the bearer of bad news. You know, you, you, you show up at work and you go, God, what, what, anything positive today? And I'm not searching out anything like this. It's just... You're trying to give information, move a story along, have a guest. But I'm not rooting for it. I'd love to be able to talk about some other things, positive things. Doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of that going on. We'll have this day in sports history. Final results of the poll question, McLovin.
6: Okay, our three was would you rather be a pro golfer who's just hanging on or a caddy for a top golfer and you get the same salary for both guys? 62% wanted to be the hanging on golfer instead of the caddy. Yeah, I'd rather be the golfer. Paul Tessori seemed to have a nice life, though. He kind of swayed me a
0: little bit. Yeah, but he's not. His golfer is not just hanging on. He's got a, the guy who's fifth in the world.
6: Yeah, you get that. You get the caddy gets a good golfer. It's compared, So you're a caddy to a great golfer, or just a good golfer? I mean, a hang, hanging on golfer.
3: Yeah, Paul. Your golf career could be a, a middling pro who never wins anything, but stays on the tour for twenty years and struggles, but makes good bank. Three, let's say three hundred grand. Or a high-end caddy like Paul, or like Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson caddy, where you also make three hundred. I'm just throwing that number in, and you ne- you don't have the stress of, you know, actually competing, as much.
0: I'd rather be the golfer. If you can spend fifteen or twenty years on tour, you'll do well. I mean, there are guys who just they finish top ten. They don't necessarily win. They make great money, and you make so much money off your sponsors as well. Uh, Dave in Oregon. Or no, Dave in California. Hi, Dave, what do you have for me?
7: Well, then I have a question. So far, let's say none of the none of the name NBA players, big name players have tested positive for corona. What do you think the NBA would do if uh, say all of a sudden LeBron, the Greek freak, James Harden, your know, two or three other big name players suddenly tested positive? Would they then suddenly cancel the season?
0: No. They won't. Don't see it, Dave. It, it goes back to you wanna have stars. But this is about completing the season and the amount of money that's at stake here. If a, if a team got wiped out here, then that might be different. But it just feels like they're going to get this season in. No matter what, they're getting this season in.
3: This day in sports history, Paul. Dan, A little twist now because it's been hijacked in four different places. This day in his sports history, we'll have a quiz with it. In 1918, Babe Ruth became the second American League player to hit a home run in four consecutive games. Actually, I couldn't find the answer to that one. I looked around, couldn't find it. 1985, ABC's Monday Night Football began with a new lineup. The trio was anyone? ABC's Monday Night Football broadcasting booth. Didn't last a long time. 85. 85. Yes, I'm sorry. 85. Frank Gifford is the hint with two analysts. Yes, McLovin. Is that OJ and Namath? That's correct. OJ Simpson and Joe Namath in 85. 2003, Todd McFarlane bought Barry Bonds' 73 home run balls. At auction for closest to the all, how much did he pay for it? Five hundred. Five hundred seventeen thousand. Dan, good job for you. And that's, that's a, this day in sports history quiz. Yes. Uh, he,
0: uh, Todd McFarlane spent what three million on McGuire's seventieth home run ball. <laughs> I think it's worth about two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars, according to estimates. There. Ouch. That's not a good return. You know, it's tricky with memorabilia. And I see guys who invest in things all the time. It it feels like if something, you you got to have that game used, game worn, whatever that is, that just, you know, you see grass stains on a, a jersey. Those, those things resonate. You can have a jersey. Um, I have a, a, a signed newspaper from uh, the Augusta newspaper when Tiger won his first uh, Masters. And... uh I think that might've been when he had fluff uh, as his caddy and fluff got that for me. Fluff came in to do a ESPN sports center commercial and he brought tigers clubs in with him. And I think tiger got upset about that because we didn't realize that tigers caddy was bringing tigers clubs in. And I said, so I pick up a six iron. <laughs> and So I grab the six iron. Of course you do. And I, and I go, is this like is this a, a true six iron? And and he said, Yeah, I mean Tiger's six iron. I said, Is his six iron just like mine? He goes, Yes, it's what he does with his six iron that's different than what you do with your six iron. Because they de-loft that club. His six iron is probably a four iron. You know, he'll he'll hit a a six iron, you go, how did he hit it 220 yards? Because they de-loft it. And then you compress the ball, and then you're able to hit it even further. And just a little golf 101. I can't do it, but I know when others do that. Uh, let's go around this room and find out what we learned on the program. Todd?
6: Some sharp baseball minds are high on the Tampa Bay Rays with their rotation in this short season coming up.
0: Yeah, I've heard that from Buster Olney and Tom Berducci. Uh, they, they they like the, the Rays. they got a deep pitching staff. Mick Lovin, what did you learn today?
6: That the country of Canada, not quite as nice as you thought they were when you ripped their Raptors.
0: See, no counter. Chris Sims doesn't like any of us. Oh, he got all sensitive. <laughs> you guys are piling on his quarterback list. He's like, oh, well, okay, well, I don't like any of you He's guys. the best,
3: man. Good sense of humor. Pauly, what'd you learn? Shocker that Rachel Nichols is the one who swears on today's show, not Chris Sims. Yeah, Sims has dropped an F-bomb before.
0: What did I learn, Todd? Chris Sims has Cam Newton, currently not on any team, right? as the 10th <laughs> best quarterback. Uh, what we learned brought to you by BuyRaycon.com, the wireless earbuds, the way to go. Get 15% off your BuyRaycon.com slash Patrick. That's BuyRaycon.com slash Patrick. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the Dan Patrick Show.
5: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.
6: at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or,
2: Shoot that! Shoot that.
0: The superbly versatile all-electric EQB from Mercedes-Benz. It's impressively techie and surprisingly roomy, with available seating for up to seven. The vehicle is all-electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more at mbusa.com EQB.